0: So, yeah, I literally was dropped off in my area with no nothing. Uh, I'll be back here at 8.30 p.m. Here's your umbrella and hide your lunch in the bushes. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, – the training was, here's a a manual. My experience was slightly different because I was recruited by my cousin who was in Canada recruiting a team to move from Canada to a market. So I was actually not with my team. Now they run – pre-season training and preseason selling and lots of other training programs. For me, it was a PowerPoint they sent me and they said, hey, review this. Uh, I ended up getting there a couple of weeks late because I I went to Arizona State University and they uh, have kind of a different uh, schedule of classes, so slightly later than the rest of the team. So I show up two weeks late. They weren't even sure I was coming. Um they're like, hey, did you watch that PowerPoint? I'm like, I think so. I I think I know what an alarm is. And yeah, training was basically cool. Um, once you sell 10 and install them, and it got better because we did same day installs, but we'll talk about that in a second. But once you have 10 installs, then you can shadow, you can go watch a, a manager.
1: Also, oh, they didn't even let you shadow. <laughs> you had to 10.
0: go earn the right to see what people were, you know, the successful guys were doing.
1: The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love, but our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast. I have a good friend, Brady Cullum here. And uh, Brady, I, well, I don't actually, I don't know where to start this because everybody should know Brady. He's been in the industry door to door for a super long time. And Mr. Consistent, crushing it. And I think, well, I, the reason I want it's, to, it's hard for me to start because you've impacted literally hundreds of people's lives and changed a lot of people's income, but also just their ability to find freedom. And so for people that don't know you, give us a quick bio on, on who you are, what you're doing, and where you're
0: at. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Cody. Uh, so I'm the, the, currently the Director of Talent Development for New Jersey for Vivint Solar. I started with Vivint in 2006 as uh, as a music major. Believe it or not, I was doing a degree in uh, in music, voice, uh, and uh, had to had to get some some money to be able to finish my degree. And uh, my cousin had done this crazy door to door thing called Vivint, made 60 grand in the summer. And I thought, well, if I can be half as good as him, I'll be all right. So I went and did that and. After a couple of summers, I was making more than my teachers at school, so when I graduated, I stuck with it. It's been nice. great. Switched nice. to solar back in 2013, opened up the Baltimore office for uh, for Vivid. That's now the number, uh, I think, three installing team in the East Coast for our company, and now I oversee the, the uh, recruiting and the training of all new folks here in Jersey. Nice.
1: So I'm going to dive into a few of those so we can paint a picture really easily. I think I haven't had a ton of security guys on here, actually, so... Like when you say summer sales or making more than your teachers, a lot of people aren't going to, they're like, well, what is that? It's like a big mystery box. If, if For someone that doesn't know what that summer grind is like for security, give us a, a little snapshot of that.
0: Oh, what a great question. Security was the greatest learning ground. As I look back on uh, the direct to home sales process, security was uh, the one of the greatest, um, you know, Learning environments I could have imagined it was a timed selling season of just 108 days of the summer, designed essentially for college students. You could go to school, you could have all of your responsibilities at school, and then when summer hit, um, you went to a market, stayed there for four months in temporary housing, lived with a bunch of other you know sweaty sales guys, and uh, got dropped off in your area. Your, your, your knocking area, like at noon, and then got picked up at 8 o'clock. And you did that Monday to Saturday, 108 days. At the end of that, you just collapse, and hopefully you had some, some money.
1: Okay, so let, let me just, so I, and I get, because I, well, actually just got, went through this, because I heard a rep complaining about some stuff. And the complaint, and I hear this, I'm sure you hear this all the time, is, I don't get enough training or support. And not that we can't do better at that, but what was your training and support when you were, I don't know, 20 years old, 20, 22 years old, in the middle of, I I don't know where you did your first summer, literally dropped off without, and this was before like smartphones. Right. And
0: this was 2006 when I first started. Yeah. I was Canadian going to school in the States. So I didn't actually have a cell phone. You had to have credit to get a cell phone back in those days, which I couldn't get because I wasn't American. I could barely open a bank account. So yeah, I literally was dropped off in my area with no nothing. Uh, I'll be back here at 8.30 p.m. Here's your umbrella and hide your lunch in the bushes. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, the training was, here's a a manual. My experience was slightly different because I was recruited by my cousin who was in Canada Recruiting a team to move from Canada to a market. So I was actually not with my team. Now they run preseason training and preseason selling and lots of other training programs. For me, it was a PowerPoint they sent me and they said, Hey, review this. Uh, I ended up getting there a couple of weeks late because I I went to Arizona State University and they uh, have kind of a different uh, schedule of classes. So slightly later than. The rest of the team. So I show up two weeks late. They weren't even sure I was coming. Um, they're like, Hey, did you watch that PowerPoint? I'm like, I think so. I, I think I know what an alarm is. And yeah, training was basically cool. Um, once you sell 10 and install them, and it got better because we did same day installs, but we'll talk about that in a second. But once you have 10 installs, then you can shadow. You can go watch a, a manager.
1: Also, oh, they didn't even let you shadow. You had to 10. go
0: earn the right to see what people were you know the successful guys were doing and uh so they they dropped you off you know six seven eight nine hours weather's irrelevant hunger's irrelevant how much sleep you got was irrelevant and you just you had to make it work and looking back on it now i'm so very grateful that i was started out with such a high expectation of discipline with just i was treated like hey you you know yeah you can you can figure this out it, everybody does mm-hmm. we think highly of of you we think you know and uh during the summer some people would endure well and then some people wouldn't i was in like a desperate situation i was doing a masters degree i couldn't get any more loans to do that degree because i was from outside of the states can't get a, a loan here now i think it's different but back then you couldn't get a loan if you weren't american and you couldn't get a loan from canada to go outside of canada with past a certain amount so i was literally like you know into this master's degree and you know next to twi- it next next summer's or next uh, tuition checks twenty twenty two thousand dollars and i Had to make it somehow, had to. That was the thing I think that caused me to uh, jump in with both feet the most, was that I had no other options. And then I got dropped off, and (laughs) continued to have no other options. And I wasn't a person that could do any job here in America, because I was on a student visa. I could only do the certain job that I got approved. So I couldn't quit and go work at McDonald's. I had no choice but to make this work. And that became the foundation of my career. That became what I built everything on. Zero tolerance for um, for failure.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I think, I, I really like that story and I've heard a- there's a lot of similar stories of people that got started in solar or alarms or pests or whatever. Cause I think there's a, there's a couple like big takeaways here. And, and I think if you look at anybody that's successful in, especially the direct to home industry door to door is there, there's been moments where they've literally been left on an Island and they like figured out how to make it on that Island. And that's, that made more difference than any training in the world could. Cause that taught you one thing. Is you can freaking do it by yourself. And that skill translates to everything. But the people that get babied a lot and then have to have the training and have to have the help, all of a sudden they're put in a new situation, like as a manager or something else. And then all of a sudden, like they didn't learn that skill and they're out cold. You know?
0: Selling is not as important a skill as enduring. Selling is not nearly as important as just persistence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I found that I knew nothing about myself until I was dropped off that first day or that 13th day or the 75th day and they eventually made me a driver and I was dropping other people off and then I had to park my car. Boy, that's hard. Getting <laughs> dropped off one thing, but you parking your own car and nobody knows, that's even harder. And I remember being like into my second summer before it even occurred to me to not park my car and go to work. They had really, somehow they just built this amazing foundation in me that like, you go to work and if like somehow they saw you at McDonald's, you'd be fired. Like that's just where my brain was. Didn't turn out that everybody lived or or believed that like I did, but it turns out that that's what my foundation was. You're exactly right.
1: well i think a lot of people well a lot of times people try to give heat to those companies for not providing training or not providing enough support but like i i think a lot not all of it but i think a lot of it is by design and giving someone that opportunity to to make it or break it pays amazing dividends in in life and so before people criticize companies that lack training um I think they should take a second look and see what the, the real story is there. And, and there would be a lot, a lot less whining in the industry <laughs> if there was. Absolutely. Uh, not, again, not to say there's not training and support, and that doesn't help. I, I, I think that's all, all there, but there is something to be said. So how, how many years did you do the security grind?
0: I did it for uh, three years as a rep as I finished my schooling every summer. And then I did it, uh, I think, five years as a manager. Partnered with a a good friend of mine, Daryl Doucette, who was uh, uh, a rep my second year. He was my roommate. And uh, the only guy I've ever seen sell for the first uh, 10 straight days of the summer as a first year. Well, every single day for his first 10 days. I've never seen that before or since. Um, So I knew he was someone to really pay attention to and follow. We built up a team in Canada that did really well. And then we got the chance to take that whole team down to solar from Canada and, and move to Baltimore and open up a solar office for Vivint Solar.
1: And did, you get, did you get stuck on an island with solar as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Literally, neither of us, we had to bring a team down, figure out how to do solar and do solar and teach others to do solar all at the same time.
1: And the operations were perfect, right? You had like 30 day installs and customers never had any complaints,
0: right? (laughs) One day we got our permit pulled from Baltimore County, which is the main county we worked in, which put a nine week wait time on everybody's account. We had to wait nine weeks for us to, until we could then install again. And I remember running up, you know, running meetings and people, you know, hey, are we going to be able to install again? And it was, oh, yeah, 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 pretty soon. We're working on that. Shouldn't be long. Oh, man. Uh, That was when it took, I think you probably remember, uh, what, 20 days to get a design back from the day you created the account.
1: Um, Yeah, I remember, yeah, knocking doors, getting somebody to sign a contract, and two to three weeks later, coming back and giving them a design and <laughs>
0: they've gotten who you were they've got what solar was they're you had to resell them again oh yeah
1: but there but the, the cool thing is that i think that if you look back to the stats there were guys selling megawatts even with that system yeah and and that we didn't have fancy design software or fancy proposals it was like a one-line drawing like an electrical drawing we handed a customer and it was like it was all by hand but people were selling lights out and it's not, and again, that's in, a, in an area where there was a high degree of distrust for solar and the margins weren't that great either. It's just that the salesmanship was there and the, the grit was there.
0: That's right. You know? That's right. In fact, that's the name of the the region that New Jersey's in with Vivid is grit. Uh-huh. You couldn't be more right. Like that's, at the end of the day, that was the thing that, um, you know that really made the difference really made the difference for those early reps really made the difference for me personally really made the difference was that that crazy amount of like i i will not quit i will not give up that's not as common today there's no
1: doubt well and and i'm gonna i'm gonna fess up i'm gonna like have a confession here is i is i've been one of those people that like struggled with the like operation side and, like, blamed yeah. that on my lack of success. Yeah. And there, there's some legitimate things there, you know. Um, but after, like, a couple times of, like, figuring out, like, oh, operations kind of suck everywhere. <laughs> um, this is on me, right. you know. And, like, the, the instant I, like, made that switch, it was like, oh. And then, like, literally overnight, income, like, tripled. And sales tripled. Right. And headaches went away. Not that there weren't more problems, not there was the same amount, actually probably more problems than before. um, Because all of a sudden, once you figure that out, you start managing and recruiting and people and all that stuff. And all of a sudden your your problems, instead of just your problems, they're everybody's problems. But that mindset of just like, the problems aren't ever going to go away, but I'm going to like make the commitment and change. It did. So, but let's walk that journey through you. Because I'm sure there were moments where it was super tough and you came home and your wife's like, what the heck? You know, like, why are we doing this? wouldn't isn't there an easy route like walk me through brady's journey for that so the first journey i think that was the the
0: thing that made the biggest impact on me was um figuring out that uh, a specific door approach was reproducible a certain style of selling made all the difference um my first summer, I remember it was just, hey, how's it going? You know, do you want an alarm? You know, no, okay, thanks. You know, and like, it, was, it was like a relationship. It was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and nice everybody into doing this. And then it was, uh, and then it turned into like begging. I'm going to try and beg everybody into doing this. And I got hold of a training DVD by a guy named Jeremy Pixton that you might have heard of. He's my regional my first year. And they had this recorded door approach of him selling on the door. And I remember watching this pitch and the light went off in my head. And I thought, whoa, interesting. He's got this you know, strategy for the way he talks and the way he, ex- he's not just like fumbling on the door. He's- I then had a chance to go actually knock with him later in the summer and he sold five in front of me. Uh, and <laughs> he did that every day, he was there that week. And I realized, wow, This is a skill. This is a learnable skill, just like an instrument. That really spoke to me as a musician. Just like a sports skill. Just like a position on a team. This door-knocking pitch, this can be, like, learned. I can, like, write down the order and the reason and the way. and And so that was the first thing that made my head explode, was realizing that this, which ultimately means selling, is a skill a learnable reproducible breakdownable skill changed my life completely now it was just a hunger for you know the right thing to say what should i say what do you say how did you sell seven in a day what do you, you know, how are you doing that so that was the first thing was that it's reproducible and then that means there's other people that have figured it out that what the heck am i trying to learn this on my own why don't i just copy that so that I think was the first, the first big learning learning curve for me. But following that, um, a couple of years later, I'm a manager. We, we start to open markets. So they let us open a market called Halifax, city up in Canada. Next year later, we let us open up in Newfoundland for the company. Um, that was a whole other experience. Opening up places we'd never been before, selling people who'd never, never had this product. I couldn't say, hey, you know, we've done some people in your area. We had no installs in this province, this province the size of, you know, three American states. We'd never been here. We didn't have one install. So figuring out a new way to uh, gain and convince customers and manage reps. And first of all, you have to get reps to these markets for the summer, and then figure out a way to. So you had to learn to like customize. You had to learn to pivot. You had to learn what figures out, you know, what works for these customers and what. So I'd say that's probably another one of the big things that I'm really grateful for was that I learned how to uh, navigate, how to be flexible. So how I how I could reproduce a pitch and how I could change it. And then lo and behold, we had the chance to bring that team down to solar Mm -hmm. a few years later, which, again, was just another pivot of learning what's the right door approach? We had a wonderful guy named Jer- uh, Jordan Laplace. Um, one of the top producers in the door to door industry has made over a million dollars in one year. Um, help us and our whole team learn his door approach. Mm-hmm. And then that helped our whole team kind of get our feet on the ground. And now we, you know, now I'm an American citizen was able to get a, a green card and now citizenship.
1: And you got your cell phone.
0: Yeah, I got my cell phone. Dang it. I got credit. <laughs> we got a freaking house. Yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a wonderful journey. <laughs> but uh, I really owe it all to, you know, that first couple months on the door when I, I was dropped off and I had to find a way to make it work when it was uncomfortable. Find a way to make it work when it was in. I didn't have, luckily, I didn't have smartphone. I didn't have Netflix in my pocket. I didn't have an iPad to FaceTime. I didn't have nothing. I had like a clipboard and paper. And if it rained, you were, like, protecting your little street sheet with a little plastic picture of alarms. And, and that's it. It was, kind of, it was kind of like battle, you know? You and this clipboard. This thing was like your weapon. And uh, <laughs> you're getting dropped off into the field. And it's kind of like, a, you know, a, a military boot camp, not to disrespect how much more serious uh, those things are, but it was similar in uh, structure.
1: I think, that's a, I think that's a new training module we're going to do nowadays it's just like really strip everybody bare of electronics <clears throat> go out sell Drop solar out,
0: 10 in the morning come back get to eight a night man if everybody would commit to that monday to saturday doing eight to ten hours a day for a week everybody in this industry would be such different people the next yeah. monday
1: yeah so how so now how many years have you been in solar so solar, I switched it, uh, to solar
0: in twenty uh, late twenty thirteen, okay. uh, early twenty fourteen. So it's been, uh, I guess, five years now. Dang. Finish out of year five. Thing. So how
1: have you seen the industry change in that five years? Six,
0: six years. Six years. That's six years. Um, yeah. In all honesty, the you know when we first switched to solar, early twenty fourteen, it was the wild wild west. It was put a panel anywhere you could put a panel. Hey, what's going on? We're gonna put a panel there. Don't worry, under your fridge, no problem. Don't worry about it. Just sign this, and you know, paper contracts. And um, we were taking pictures of the contract before it got mailed in to have evidence that we sold the. You know, just a real, a real wild, wild west. Eventually, Vivint Solar went public. That required a certain level of maturity. Eventually, we picked up a CEO named David Bywater, who was a Chief operating officer over at Xerox, and a Harvard graduate, and worked at Vivint Inc. Much, much higher caliber, um, quality of leadership, you know, just began to permeate across the country um, for for Vivint, and and those two things plus Solar City going out of business or getting bought by uh, Tesla Power uh, made a big impact on the industry. We were we were also almost bought by Sun Edison, that went out of business before that, so. There's been some pretty major, major things Mm -hmm. happening in the solar industry. A couple of companies trying to do American-made panels. Trump throwing that tax on solar panels. Um, Black on Black's becoming the new thing and not the old uh, bluey panels. So there's been some pretty, pretty cool changes along the way in the industry. Um, But I I don't think it really changed all that much. I don't really think the pitch has changed. I don't really, I think customers are more interested probably. Customers are maybe more polarized. Mm-hmm. They've seen more. It's not a brand new thing with solar. It's more of a oh, solar. Yeah, we've looked into that. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're in like Chicago or something, one of our really new markets.
1: Yeah. So, I, I, and that's that's a great like thirty thousand foot view. And but on what and what you're saying is is on the rep level, there's not a ton of major changes other than you sign contracts electronically. I, re- I remember the day of going back to the office and photocopying contracts. Yeah. Remember that? So we didn't lose them. That was nuts.
0: That was the good
1: um, one. Yep. But in terms of the reps day to day, I mean, obviously there's advances. I mean, obviously Facebook marketing has really taken off yeah. compared to, compared to Doors. But the opportunity is still there for, for reps, right? Like, when you, like a lot of times when we say, oh, it's the Wild West, there's a ton of opportunity. But tell me some reps that you're working with now, because right now you're working with training and development. So tell me some success stories you're having in the last few months of people new getting into the industry but still crushing it.
0: That's a great question. Yeah. So what's happened now in the industry hasn't been a lot of changes from the customer perspective other than you know, I've kind of seen more solar. But for the, rep, for, from the, for the rep's point of view, um, it's a much, much better time to be doing solar now. It's more regulated as far as, uh, you know, Bivens Public, Sunruns, you know, really well documented and written about at the national level. So there's like a lot more credibility in the industry for a rep now than there was. A lot more selling tools. We have that, that NEO program where you can do the whole sale. And get a design in 15 minutes. It, it's insane, and show the customer as part of the sale and close them all in one visit. like that sort of thing, and I know a lot of other companies are, are doing similar things. So like that's crazy. Uh, the pay has gone up substantially from what it was when you and I first started this. Um, when
1: you started, it was probably what? like 100 like
0: it was it was 200 a kilowatt, yeah, 200 or maybe 220. I know some people started when it was like in the 150s, 160s. Okay, so
1: you didn't, you didn't get the 150. I, I think mine started at, I think it was like 230, I, think, yeah. I remember right, for the baseline.
0: There you go. Managers got a little more. There was back-end checks for a while. Um, I had 123 installs in one, one year. I think it was 2016. Uh, that's a lot harder to do now because we're more, more rigid. You know, We don't want any crappy thing to be installed. We want quality more now. Yeah. We're looking, you know, to avoid really difficult electrical stuff happening after install. So, like, we've gotten more careful, we've gotten safer, we've gotten smarter as a company. Um, still, you can do over hundred installs. We had a great guy, Cam Catmull, just bust hundred installs here in New Jersey. In Jersey, um, Yep, yeah, just in, in one year. So that's that's awesome. A uh, couple of really crazy things that have happened lately are people are making uh 15, 16, 17, dollars on one install. That's right,
1: tell me how how does that work, right? So like, yeah. is that just is that a pie in the sky thing or is that happens pretty regularly? I actually know it happens pretty regularly. But
0: for vivid average install in New Jersey is
1: about
0: you know nine hundred bucks a kilowatt, thousand bucks a kilowatt now yeah. the way we pay. So if you find an eight or a nine kilowatts, you know, eight, nine thousand dollars, that's about average. This particular account for this one guy was a really big house really high usage really high sun hours and that paid out at I think uh, 1400 or 1500 a kilowatt so that, that,
1: that was a lucky one it was a friend for a friend he a lucky came.
0: one that's right but he acted that that rep actually made uh, I think he made like 37 grand on one check
1: well I'm being a little sarcastic here so but how did he find, how did he sort how did he source that customer how did he source it
0: yeah that was a door knock
1: it was a door knock that was a door knock yeah
0: that's yeah awesome. He was a rep from uh, another company called Trinity that had switched over here. And uh, he was fairly familiar with solar, um, wasn't making a ton of money, um, wanted to switch over, kind of give it another try. And uh, the reason we were all so very proud of him was he's got a wife that he was like, hey, let me give it one more try. Let me show you what I can do. And then he was the highest paid on one install guy last quarter. And it really was this coming together story for him. Uh, So that's the kind of stuff that's super, super exciting. I hired one person uh, over in the Eastern Shore before I switched up here, um, who's a a lady there who said, I've been in sales for years. I keep getting passed over for promotions because I'm not cool um, by other men and other she felt a little bit uh, disrespected. So I said, hey, come on over. The Doors hate us all equally here. You know, they treat us all like crap. And she's like, hey, I like it. Uh, I think she she was just on this cruise that we sent all our new people on, and I think she made like a hundred sixty grand in her first six months or something. She's had a, quite a few 23000 dollars checks, and she called me the other day and was like, "This has changed my life. Uh, I'm so grateful." To the the great thing about solar is that it's gonna be there for anyone who wants to take advantage of it and will put in the work. The, the, the Facebook ads, the docking on doors, the you know however whatever your method is, it's an equal opportunity uh, hate you and equal opportunity, you know, you know, customer thing for everybody. That's the cool thing. Alarms, you had to be a lot cooler, you know, to close people on paying $80, $90 a month <laughs> for an alarm. Pest um, control, you know, it's much more about just being in the right market in the right season. Solar, you just Find someone who wants to save money. Solar is a great, a great thing. It, it's so appealing to such a vast majority of people in the country. Yeah. Um, regardless of politics, you, you're either into saving money or you're into environment or this thing's cool or, hey, I like this rep and I pay a bill. I might as well save some money. There's so many reasons yeah. for people to do solar.
1: Yeah, Well, and the only reason you wouldn't Makes sense is if your house is for some reason covered in trees or not you're a renter you know like there's not those those are the disqualifiers the disqualifier isn't like i don't have money you know so for now for a lot there's a lot of people out there who when you look at these success stories what are some things they have in common that made them successful like when you're (laughs) looking for a recruit or when someone's looking for like okay this sounds like a really good dream but how do I get into it? Like, or I not, not so much, how, look at this segment. Who would be successful in it?
0: That's a great question. That's a great question. As far as um, if you're going to be a, a direct-to-home rep, you have to be um, just willing to accept a lot of uh, abuse. You have to be willing to, you know, I say the first rule of direct-to-home or door-to-door is everybody hates you when you first get there. It doesn't mean they're going to hate you at the end or on the install day. But you represent uh, essentially everything we don't like. Bother, annoyance, interruption, distraction, frustration. You know, why do we all have ring doorbells? So I can know in advance if I want to talk to this person. So it's a, it's a, if you're going to be doing door to door, it's a strategy for those that are willing to navigate that. If you're looking for easy or simple or, you know, really, really uh, secure job, that's not, you're not gonna make 300, 400 grand doing solar. you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if you're tired of not being paid what you're worth, if you're tired of, you know, other people getting promoted instead of you, if you're tired of, you know, your numbers not being what people look at, this is the thing that's, that you control all of that. You control how many people you talk to. You control what your income is we feel good about ourselves based on the degree to which we control our lives. And some people do not want to control all of their lives.
1: Yeah. They're and, not and, and, capable of that. Yeah. And the doors will tell you, or, or not necessarily not just the sales, the results will tell you what your value is very quickly. Correct. And the quicker, at least in my own life, what I've learned is the quicker I check into that reality, even though it hurts sometimes, is the quicker I progress. <laughs> it's like, oh. oh right. <laughs>
0: Sometimes we want to walk away and we're like, why didn't, you know, stupid door, stupid guy. Why didn't you? But yeah, you're exactly right. It's just math. You either did what it took to get him or you didn't. And you can't blame the customer. The customer's just a neutral canvas that you showed up to. And had you painted a Picasso, this would be an install. Instead, yeah. you threw up on it and walked away. You know, uh, it, it's yeah, you're you're exactly right. It's just just mirror. It's just a mirror of you. It's yeah. literally like confidence plus uh, a you know a desire plus persistence. And if you pick one of those out of there, you can't win. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. One and and then the cool thing is is that a lot of the a running theme through this is the internal growth that happens is, is well worth the journey. It, it sucks. Like there's freaking times where you're just like, I am done. But then you pick up, <laughs> you get through it. <laughs> and turns out, like you look back, you're like, man, I'm a way better person than I was. Right. And it's worth it, you know. I have some wrinkles and some gray hair because of the... <laughs> I know. Actually, you're looking pretty sharp. You're, not, you're doing pretty good. I'm look looking the fact, these gray hairs. I completely love
0: you. <laughs> That's so the that's the thing that I probably agree with you. Like, like the most is that you like the ability to endure is an undervalued um, skill in our society. You know, we want things fast, quick, easy credit. I'll prompt, you know, let me buy that now and I'll pay for it later. Like that. We just have that inundated into our society and to suddenly be slapped with no money unless you produce. That's such a different way of thinking, but, it, but the truth is that is actually what's true. If you're getting money for, for not producing, like, you're, you're gonna be out of a job soon. If you're being paid for something and not creating equal value, the company's losing money on you. At the end of the day, like, the sooner we just start to realize that um, to align your pay with performance, is the smartest decision for everyone. I think the better yeah. our society will be, and that's the greatest thing about this job.
1: Is yeah, it's that way or the highway. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and you you can hide for a while. You can hide your lack of production for a while, but it'll it'll catch up to you pretty quick. So okay. what what are you guys doing now? I mean, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but like, what's going on in your life? And specifically, like, what is top of mind project you're working on?
0: Oh, um, so I'm a big fan of, uh, of music, obviously. And uh, part of living out here is I can be near New York and we can see some of the shows and stuff like that. Um, but I probably want to get uh, a little bit of a voice studio going back up and get some recordings out there. That's kind of something I've been uh, kind of passionately interested in doing. And uh, hopefully you'll see some recordings of me out there again uh, here soon.
1: So, so how, well, let let me like take a step back here, and like this went in a direction I think it, it didn't think it was going to, but I like this direction. Is how do you do that work life balance? Because it's a grind, and if you want to make the kind of money that we make in solar, it takes a lot of effort. But you you can't go if you go completely obsessed with it. There are some negative repercussions that can happen, especially if you have family. So what what are you doing to to have still work on that? those hobbies and working with family, but balance it. How do you do that?
0: It's a great question. It's a great question. Um, there was a great article written by uh, uh, one of the great door-to-door reps recently in one of the magazines about, about work-life balance. And some things I really, really took away from that and agree with are don't multitask so much. Just dig into one thing at a time and do it. Control your schedule in a really effective way. Make sure you plan. Like BS time, plan time to just be you and have fun and do some stuff. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't want to end life with a whole bunch of money and like no memories. Right. And uh, at the same time, I don't want to have all these memories and no money. So just like you said, it's that perfect balance um, that I don't think any of us will ever achieve. But if we can, if we just focus on the most important tasks every day, focus on getting everything written on a list the night before, never letting anything that's super necessary not happen and, uh, and delegating things that don't have to be you. I think those are the strongest, you know. 80-20% rule applies to time management as well. 80% of what you do is as valuable as the top 20% of what you do. Spend more time doing the 20, do less of the 80.
1: All right, so we're getting getting close to our time here. I know I I actually wish I could just have these conversations all day long. But at the end <laughs> of the day, I know people's like commute or time for a podcast episode is only so long. So we're getting towards the end of the time. But like, let's say I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, what Brady's talking about really resonates with me, and it sounds like they have something special going on over there. How do they get in contact with you? And like, what's what's that journey look like initially?
0: Awesome, good question. So. Yeah, if people are in Jersey or if people are wanting to come up and take a look at it, they can either uh, DM me on Facebook or they can shoot me a text. Uh, I, you can post my number here or, or whatever you want to do, but um, shoot me an email. Yeah, we basically do like interviews over the phone, and uh, we have a 60-day training platform where we bring you in, kind of try and teach you everything there is about direct-to-home, how to harvest referrals from existing customers, how to use the small businesses in your territory to generate business. It's like you said that the a lot of these uh, opportunities have exploded lately, and uh, the, but they're changing. You have to stay on top of what's new and what's working, and, and pivot as markets change. So that's what we're trying to do: is get ahead of all that, and uh, help people come in and have a great income and a great life of doing.
1: Nice. So and that and that's just Jersey specifically where you're at. But that opportunity is in how many states are you guys in now?
0: Yeah, I think we're in twenty three states, one hundred and one offices. One hundred one. 101 offices. Yeah. Yep. How'd you guys
1: break the 100 mark?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. That's just what's coming to my mind. Dang, Watch this smart. be at only 60. I don't know. That's awesome. I
1: heard that. I heard that. Oh, I I I believe it. That's that's awesome. So yeah. cool. Well, Brady, I appreciate you jumping on. And guys, this is there's a lot of nuggets here, and you've taught you you've had the opportunity to listen to someone that is literally making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions and helping others make hundreds of thousands of dollars, with at which adds up to millions. People pay him a lot to get that advice. Um, and so if, there, if, there some, if there's something here that like rang with you, it's Brady Cullum, C-U-L-L-U-M. You yep. can, he's, he's right there on Facebook or LinkedIn. You can find him really readily available. Vivant Solar. Appreciate it, Brady. Um, anything else you want to leave with?
0: Cody, thanks so much for having me, man. Really appreciate this. And uh, these are great podcasts. Best of luck to you, dude.